Let's go. All right. All right. We're back. We're back. Yes. Yes, we are. We we had to travel to far off places. No, that's not the thing. Yeah. No, no. We had to crawl out of the corners. We've been slowly rocking in as everything gets to be too much. Yes. Just too yes. much. Welcome back, everybody. It's Draft Politics. We're still in the COVID separation. I'm EJ, and with me, as always, it's Steve. Uh, yeah. So uh, before we get anywhere, uh, given that we're in the lockdown, I feel like we have to always start with the beer. So, what are you drinking today, EJ? Uh, you know what? Today I've got a really nice, and I know this is this is really just stretching the local beer here. But I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna give myself a little bit of a break. I've got a Lagunitas Daytime. Oh, very nice. I very much good lighter like. beer. Yeah, it's good lighter beer. Um, I, 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 yes, it's still early in the day today, so thought I'd go for that daytime. Nice, refreshing, refreshing beer. I've been trying some of those lower alcohol uh, IPAs and and whatnot. So a little, a little more sessionable. Yeah, crushable. Yeah, no, I, I. So I'm trying the whole gamut of them. I'll have my full reviews of all your. Uh, lower IPA, uh, lower alcohol IPA is coming up on the next segment. Yeah, and I will say, uh, I actually like that beer. Um, it, it's not so hoppy that it makes me want to run screaming, so it's actually pretty good. Um, I am going in the complete opposite direction, this this fine, dark mug of beer mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a cheers glass is uh, the Rausch Doppelbach from Dovetail. It is a nice, uh, a, a nice hearty beer. It, hold on. Like it's got a smokiness to it, um, right. and so I kind of want to have a sausage with it, but I don't have one, so it's okay. Sausage free, and on today of all days, which right has a lot of case meat consumed. Yes, well, I will be consuming some case meat uh, uh, later today, but uh, at the moment, nice. I am case meat free. So, <laughs> anyhow, it'd get weird. It'd get weird if you were eating that on the right. I'm just on like, the pod. Yeah, right, right. I mean, I can do that when we're just doing an audio recording because nobody can see yeah. it. They can well, they can hear my lips smack, which is just not, not okay. But we'll we'll do our ASMR session that way. <laughs> right. So <laughs> today is Memorial Day. So the draft politics AMS, ASMR session. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyhow. Um, so today is Memorial Day. Uh, it's been the first time we've recorded on a Monday in a while. I mean, we used to record on Mondays all the time. Yes. Uh, but today it's recording on a Monday because we have the day off. Uh, yes. And uh, actually, our block just had a Memorial Day kind of thing. We uh, all sort of gathered and uh, had a moment of silence, and uh, someone played taps, and we uh, took some time to to honor veterans that we knew uh, or in our family. So that was a was a nice thing coordinated by one of the people on the block. Good, good. All, all nice and six feet apart and masks and all that good stuff. All of them, except when the person was playing taps, then that was bad. Well, you know, I was going to wonder, like, imagine. were they, were they, did they have like a little like trumpet or whatever? Or what did they do? It was a cornet. It was okay. a cornet, which is like a smaller right. trumpet, similar yeah. fingerings. Obviously, taps is supposed to be played on a bugle. Thank uh, you I, th for I think that you're using any talk. kind of uh, brass instruments. Uh, you're, you're doing uh, interchangeably. No, we're, you know. My wife and her family are brass instrument people. Yeah, so. like if you were using a woodwind, you know, I'd, I'd really start to wonder about you, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, COVID is still a thing, apparently. COVID is still a thing. 
Um, although, you know, if you're watching your Facebook feeds and possibly the news, you wouldn't think so, because holy crap, are there a bunch of idiots out there who don't seem to care about any kind of social distancing. It is, it is shocking. It, yeah. is, it is shocking. And, you know, I recognize, and I, I'm, I'm going to preface all this by saying I don't want to fall into sort of a sigh liberal elitist trap of saying like well we know what's better right and i'm not i'm not saying that i think everybody's gotta is figuring out their own ways to deal with things but um the number of people i saw both on the news and actually in person in the last 48 hours sort of just out like nothing's going on uh was really really surprising yeah was really yeah, it was really shocking. So I, I don't know. I saw some things from Lake of the Ozarks. I actually was texted that by somebody texted it to me first before I kind of saw it on the news. What else have yeah. you seen? Yeah, that was one I saw. And if you and if you haven't seen it on Facebook going around, basically there's just like video and photos of some pool party at Lake of the Ozarks. <clears throat> and there's a big banner that says keep six foot distance. And nobody is six feet apart. Like it's like wall to wall people. It's insane. Um, like I wouldn't want to be in that pool, even if it wasn't COVID yeah. season, like it just, it just didn't have many people there. Um, and then I also saw some photos of, uh, downtown, um, oh shoot, it's in, it's in the Wisconsin Dells, All um, right. Lake Geneva. Um, and so like people walking around and eating out at restaurants and I'm like, uh, they're all kind of crowded in. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like, I totally get the, the desire to socialize right now and actually we've been talking about you know how do we sort of have more of a social circle but you know doing it safely mm -hmm. um and i get that but just like going out and you know kind of keeping your memorial day weekend plans like that seems a little foolhardy i hope they're right i hope that i'm the one who's, who's you know exaggerating right. the danger and you know that there's not a big spike in cases and everything's fine but you know yeah we, we'll we see. went on a drive yesterday just to get out of the house and sort of drove through the spur of chicago so we're talking you know winnetka will met uh kenilworth and evanston and of course that's all along the lake and it's beautiful yeah. it's beautiful up there um, and we saw, and I don't think I'm exaggerating to say we saw thousands of people out at beaches and sort of, you know, parks and, you know, cycling on Sheridan Road. And it, it was not a lot of mask wearing, um, not a lot of distancing, some distancing, but, you know, not a lot. And yeah. you just kind of wonder, like, could you not wait another couple weeks or, you know? Right. I mean, like, Let we're not, out. you know, if you're following the, the plan, like, we're not even in phase three yet, people. Like, you know, and I've seen people complain about, you know, Lightfoot closing down the lake shore and things like that. Like, no, this is why. Like, y'all yeah. can't be trusted. No. <laughs> and no, that's... It's not, it's, uh, it's not even y'all. It's me, too. Like, I, it's me, too. You know, like, I've gone out for runs, you know, like... It, well, no, that's fine. Going out for it, runs is totally fine. That's well... It's like, it, so there's this weird, like, there's some people who are like taking the rules too far. And then there are some people who are not taking them far. Enough. And like some people are just like, you're leaving your house at all. 
Like, no, 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 you can leave your house and you could, you know, and you can go out and get some exercise and, and wear a mask if you're going to go inside someplace. Like, it's not complicated and it's totally reasonable um, given the situation we're in now. Now, you know, in a couple of weeks, you know, if we get to, you know, and I'm actually getting ahead of myself starting to talk about phase three, but we'll come back to that. But like, I feel like, you know, it, there's a right way to do this. And I feel like there's a lot of people who just aren't doing that right now. Yeah, or at least there's a way recommended by epidemiologists. By people who actually know things about right. spreading viruses. And I'm just going to listen to them. See, I, I think like that's, that's, I, I don't have, I don't have the mental, I don't have the headspace to try to make my own decisions about it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I am, I am outsourcing the hell out of that decision. Like, right. I, you, somebody else, somebody else make that decision. I don't. Yes. I don't, I'm happy to abdicate that. And I'm, I'm also, you know, acknowledging that I have the, I'm fortunate enough to be able to abdicate that decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see what the numbers look like in a couple of weeks. I think they will be. Yeah. And well, you know, and the thing of it is like, uh, everything is operating on a two week time horizon, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, the bad choices made now we aren't going to see for a couple of weeks and then it's going to be like, and any, and then the people coming back from, you know, Lake Geneva coming back to Chicago, spreading it here. Like we won't see those cases until, you know, a, a couple weeks later. And so it's like, it's such a slow moving train, but once it gets momentum, things get out of hand pretty quick. Right. Right. And I, I guess the other question is, how are we going to know if they've gotten out of hand and how are we going to pull it back? And one of the things that I've always felt is like, it's, it's much harder to, to reapply restrictions than it is to kind of carry on the ones that you've got. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I think that, yeah. And I think that having a plan that's going to be a little more like trying to loosen things a little bit just to make it a little more sustainable, like give people some outlets is probably going to work better in the long run than saying you can't leave your house. Right. And, and that's that, uh, you know, that gets, you know, that would be ideal if nobody left their house and you, would, but you'd have to do it for like a month and nobody can really do that. Right. <laughs> Good luck with that. Eventually so, run out of food. So let's talk about the numbers. Yes. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think first it's, it's important to acknowledge that now the United States has over a hundred thousand people who've died. Um, yeah, and if you but saw you know, the New York Times cover, like they they tried to list out all of the yeah. hundred thousand people who have died. Um, I I gather there were a couple glitches in the names, but basically got most of the names right there. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty dramatic to see it. And and that's in a few months, you know. The, yeah. It is. It is, you know, ironically to mention on this podcast, sobering. Um, to think about that um it's a it's a pretty big hoax uh that kills a hundred thousand people here again that we know of and around the world it's obviously a much bigger number yeah um and one thing that you and i have talked about a lot um both you know sort of in recordings and and off is this idea of understanding the numbers and being numbers people, you know, and saying like, I want to know what's going on. And I, I I'm, I'm going to rely on some of the numbers to help me understand that. Um, and recognizing that, you know, there are inherent flaws in some of those numbers because like, you don't really know how 
you know, because we didn't have enough testing, we weren't really sure, you know, what the mortality rate was because you don't know how many people actually had it. And, um, and now we're, you know, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing things like the number of tests seemingly have gone up and the number, you know, the, the, that's impacted tons of other things like, you know, the percentage of positive results. And there are states using that percentage of positive results. Um, Illinois amongst them. Illinois amongst them. And now we're finding out that the CDC and uh, 11 states, something like that, are conflating numbers right. from different tests. Yeah. So basically what they're doing is they're going through and people have started to get uh, antibody tests. So, and so basically confirming if they previously had COVID. And that's fine. That's a useful, yeah. Um, and that's a useful number to track. And then there's tests to say you currently have COVID. And that's also a useful number to track. The problem is, is that since we started tracking one number and now we're starting to add in a totally different number, then it basically you're adding a lot more tests that, and because you're testing antibodies, you're also adding in a lot more people who just haven't gotten it. And so right. it makes it look like more people are being tested overall, but less people have COVID, which is not necessarily accurate. <laughs> right. It's narrative building. I mean, the only yeah. reason to do that is to build a narrative. And well, I mean, the- I think to be fair, I think there is a case to be made that this is the true number of cases that have happened, but it's just that it's confusing the whole discussion because like whenever we're drawing those nice little bell curves, you know, what you're counting is different as you're going on and that screws that up. Yeah. So I, I think you're right to say yeah. it is useful information information to say how many people have tested positive one way or another overall. Yeah. Absolutely. Um I would like to see that, you know, broken out by those two tests. Yeah. Um but I also think it doesn't quite give us, you know, conflating them without telling people that you're conflating them paints and yes. me. Yeah, paint the misleading message. And the other thing that I'll say about the antibody tests is that it's been the wild west on those. So the CDC and the FDA kind of said like, hey, man, you want to make an antibody test? Do it. You can yeah. still start selling it before we approve it. We'll trust your testing. And, and it turns out that a lot of them not are so garbage. Yeah. Right. So, um, it, you know, because the response to the, the the pandemic has gotten so unsurprisingly politically charged now states especially and the federal government are you know manipulating the data so that it backs up the narrative that they want yeah you know florida being a case where you know they fired the person who built the dashboard because they wanted her to change the numbers. Yeah, according, I believe it was Georgia where they were like post-dating things and, and so it makes- And it changing look, the order on a graph. Right. It was like-, like Here's May, March, we're gonna move to April. See, yeah. look, it looks great. Wait, March, no. May, April, you know, December. Okay, we'll just, we've yeah. ordered them by largest to smallest, guys. Right. It makes perfect sense. Well, and the dumb thing about this is like, okay, you, you've you've told your lie, you've made the numbers conform to your lie. The reality is at some point, it's gonna come down to how many ICU beds are filled. 
and you know you can distort right. the numbers all you want, but you know you look at um, uh, Montgomery, Alabama, right now. Yeah, kind of screwed because they're out of bets. Um, they're out of bets, and and what's happened there is because of changes in the hospital system, that's sort of exacerbated this. You have people who are from rural areas, and there's no hospital service that can. I mean, there's hospitals, but they don't really catering to this. Yeah. And so those people end up in Montgomery where there's no space, um, you know, and and also even within Alabama, you can see how different approaches are working one way or another is in Huntsville. They've apparently been much more aggressive about locking things down and they're in much better shape at this point, as opposed to Montgomery, which did not. More scientists in Huntsville, I might say. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. There are some some in fact, some rocket scientists there. Yeah. Quite a few in reality. So. Yeah, that's not. Uh... That's not I, a coincidence. I, I might be a space camp alone, so. <laughs> nice, nice. I could Extra never get my credit. parents to send me to space camp. They yeah. just let me watch the movie Space Camp three or four yes. times. Yes, uh, it's exactly like the movie, even with the like launching into space part. Totally happened. Very nice. Yes. Very nice. <laughs> so, I need to go back and re-watch that. I'm yeah. sure it's so, I'm sure it's a terrible It's terrible. Movie. It's a terrible <laughs> so, but, you know, the whole narrative of everything should be getting back to normal um, has been led by yes. by the, you know, from the Orangina in chief. Yeah, Trump back to golfing. Hey, this don't, don't insult Orangina. It's a very nice beverage. Don't think you bad. Long time since I had one. But yeah, you know. So, yeah, he's back. Uh, he's back golfing. So that's good. And I guess he's off the hydroxy cut or. Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Right. He took us seven days to. Uh, oh, good. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's fine. Yeah. I'm sure. I, did, okay. So, do you think that he actually took it, or do you think he's saying he took it to just sort of like reinforce it? Yeah. No. I I totally believe that this would work. And and like I said, I I think that he probably did not actually. Yeah, take I, agree. It. I I think that it came out of his mouth completely, you know, in stream of consciousness. I you know. Up, oh, taking it now. I, I, yeah, I've got, I've got some right now. I'm actually taking it right at this moment. I'm that just... was something. Uh, you know what? I, we didn't have this in our show notes, so this is something that cracked me up. And so they asked him if he had been tested for COVID, and yeah. the way he responded to this question is so bizarre because he said, uh, "Yeah, my results are very positive." I mean, like, I don't. It was like he was. I've tested very positively. Yes, like he was trying what does that very mean? hard. Say, and I think what happened is this: is that he's trying not to use a negative word in relation to himself right and it's like some like psychological manipulation like he doesn't want to like associate a negative word to himself so he's trying to like reframe it as a positive thing and totally screwing it up <laughs> right i tested double plus good yes yeah i don't go, know go back to your news feed, son. i don't, it'll all work I don't know what that means yes that's the idea you're not supposed to know it was the greatest test i had the best test everybody told me it was the best result they had ever it was seen. tremendous yes it was a tremendous test tremendous test that's why i'm on the hydroxy yeah i, I keep wondering yeah. how he doesn't have covid yet and 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 here's my suspicion as why is like everybody who is anywhere near him i guarantee you is tested constantly yeah like like their noses are oh. like aching from like having that swab rammed up in there so many times oh man you can only imagine you can only imagine what that's got to be like yeah and like you also kind of when you imagine it you kind of smile you're like ah 
yeah, yeah. that's 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 what you get. Miller <laughs> in there a few more times. This, this is the that's cost for your time. soul. Enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Let's let's see if we can get these swab manufacturers to switch to a slightly rougher compound for those. Just a. <laughs> You know, yes, we've, pretty we've run out grits, of the but... cotton for the Q-tips, so we are now using uh, uh, sandpaper. Or steel Sorry. wool. Just, just... <laughs> oh, just right Ugh. in there. That's, that's just what you get. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. I don't make the rules. Right. Everybody's got to get tested for... We're all in this together. Times. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, and, and from a, a federal level, we've got the, the two... Uh, branches uh, talking about more stimulus. We've got, uh, you know, on the the House has passed some tremendously large bill. <laughs> yes. That has got all of the things in it. Although, and... you know, even though, you know, if you look at the details of it, like there's a lot of, there's a lot more they could be doing that they aren't doing. Like it's a lot of the same kinds of stuff they've already done, which has had mixed results. Like there's been proposals by some to put in like, you know, you know, everybody gets like $2,000 a month or something like that. And they've been like, no, no, we're not going to go quite that far. Like, yeah. we're going to keep this, you know, roll this back a little bit. But, you know, what they have proposed is still a large chunk of money. And Republicans are don't seem to be in favor of it, you know. In, at least yeah, McConnell's like, we don't need anything. We're fine. Let yeah. the states handle it with the no money that they have. Right. It's a really weird sort of dynamic that they are building meaning the republicans that has so many interesting contradictions that you feel like at some point it's got to fall over right yeah. it's you know donald trump has got to make this big deal like he's done this great job on this huge thing and it was a big national crisis and china's basically attacking us and it was terrible, but reopen everything because it's fine. It's fine. It's not that big a deal. Right. States handle it. I can save us, but let the state make the states do it. And like, and similarly, you know, McConnell's got to echo some lines and, you know, kind of push some others away um, all, you know, while trying to balance, you know, pressure he's probably getting from Steve Mnuchin, um, who I'd like to actually, buy a file, Pat. <laughs> yeah. Um, got Gary Gaetti, right? Uh, it's, actually, my favorite was when Axel Rose was interacting with Steve Mnuchin on Twitter. I was like, there is a lot of vowels missing here that somebody needs to fix. <laughs> God. That's, those are the end days, right? So it, it is... I don't know how they're going to try to keep all that straight. Um and then uh, again, as always, there's clearly no strategy. There's clearly no plan. And Donald Trump just keeps throwing hand grenades into things, like attacking every democratically every Democrat who's been elected at a state level across the country who he doesn't agree with. Yeah. Um, it's it, the polling numbers super interesting, right? So, um, and I want to talk about Michigan specifically in a minute, but yeah. The governors who have taken firm stands on things have all gotten really positive numbers. They've, they've gotten a rally around the flag, if you will, bounce out of what's happened. Yeah. And that is that is party independent, right? So, you know, Pritzker, Whitmer, DeWine, all of them, you yeah. know, 
getting getting good numbers. Well, so, and if you look at the polling, like independent of all that, the polling is saying that people are in favor of like let's stay home, just you know, yeah. on average. So yeah, yeah, it's it's dropped a little bit. People are getting a little. Um, oh yeah, Lancy, and of course when that. you've got the counter narrative now that you shouldn't stay home, you shouldn't. This is all fake. Everything's fine. Everybody go to church. Um, <laughs> right. But still, you know, the governors who were science-based and took strong stances, I, I think, you know, they have shown, uh, it's shown that they've, they've reaped some benefits from that polling-wise. Um, it also shows you how, not, how little strategy there was from the top. Because Donald Trump, had he been savvy at all, so this always comes down to the question, is he triple thinking? No, he's not thinking. He's the only world leader who hasn't gotten a polling bump out of the response. He, he did get a bump, but very brief. It was like, like two points had, for a week. And then yeah, it was like, it was like ah. oh, he's, he's on his way back. Like, it, it's amusing to me, like how desperate the media is to like have this story that somehow Trump is getting back to like some version of what a normal presidency looks like or some bump that's making things look good. Like, nope, nope, no. he, he nope. ruined it. <laughs> So like ra rally around the flag, and then he lights the flag. And exactly. Womp, womp. I thought we were. I thought that's what we were doing. Yeah. Bonfire. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is. It is really hard to see any kind of political strategy, and of course that that means that the national strategy is terrible, and you know you've got. You've got Trump attacking Democrats. So he was just in Michigan. He went to a Ford plant. Uh, outside of Detroit in a, in a little oh, burb yes. called Ypsilanti. Um, and this is very close to where I grew up, right? Like I, you know, I grew up 15 minutes from, from where this was. And in Michigan, you are supposed to wear a mask uh, in public and in those, so everybody in that plant is wearing a mask 100% of the time. Uh, and the, Mich the governor of Michigan and the attorney general said, uh, the White House can have their own policies if they want, but the law in Michigan is you have to wear a mask. And if he doesn't wear a mask, he will not be invited back. Like that's, you know, this is, this is, these are our laws. Yeah. Um, and of course he, you know, he shows up there and, and the really interesting thing is he's like, I'm not going to wear a mask and like goes out there and, you know, in the public facing things, he wasn't wearing a mask, but evidently he did wear a mask for part of the tour. Um, Sort of behind the scenes he just didn't want the press he doesn't to want to be seen in a mask because yeah and he's got this weird notion that wearing a mask is some makes you look weak um i mean if you saw the picture of him wearing a mask he did look like a big dope though yeah like just because well, it was i'm sure it was yeah 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 and i'm sure it wasn't a nice looking mask like oh no I, he's got him personalized the presidential seal and stuff oh like that. oh he's got a presidential mask oh okay, i have to actually look this up of course, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's that kind of standard Trump look where his head's kind of hanging and his arms are hanging dead by his side and he doesn't know how to button his coat. So just looks a little grumpy. <laughs> it looks like I'm looking at the photo now and it's just like, it's like he's just kind of like, hmm, <laughs> I have to wear a mask. I'm uh, so sad. So sad. Oh, well. Uh, so, you know, and, and of course, he's fighting with these, with, you know, the governor of, of Michigan and the attorney general, you know, and saying they're doing illegal things. This, this like, was part of a, 
uh, a week where he attacked the Secretary of State for Michigan, uh, Jocelyn Benson, um, uh, who said, you know, she's like, I'm going to send out absentee voting applications to every registered voter. And he was like, that's illegal. Voter fraud, mail-in ballots, voter fraud. Can't just send out ballots. Of course, he got the facts wrong because oh, yeah. he never gets the facts right. <laughs> that's not um, his thing. And you're just like, it is, he's making his own life so much harder. Oh, yeah. Like He could just shut the hell up and let other smarter people kind of make decisions yeah and his life would be better everybody's oh, yeah. life would be better oh yeah you know for like the next even if months. he just like let you know steve mnuchin do his thing like steve mnuchin's an idiot but like he'd do better than trump <laughs> yeah um one other thing uh, i i i appreciated about his trip to michigan was you you, you heard about his bloodlines comments around ford oh Oh, I, I heard a little bit about it, but uh, yeah, so I honestly his speech, say, like, I wanted to back away from it. I was like, yeah. I don't know that I want to read that. So because, during his speech, yeah. he, he, he referred to Ford's bloodlines, like Henry Ford. It, not Henry. Is it Henry Ford? Ford, who founded the Ford Motor yes. Company. Henry, Henry Ford. I was, oh, Henry, I, was, I was thinking it sounded like I was saying Henry Fonda. Like, that's, I'm like, that's, no. no, it is right. Okay. Um, but if you don't know, Ford has kind of a little bit of a fascist bent to him a little anti-semitic uh so uh the bloodlines comment yeah it's let's just say it's totally trump uh yeah and you know i mean like hitler big fan of henry ford yes big fan and now look henry ford did some great things but you gotta be careful yeah ah just kidding um i i will say this I, and you know for anybody listening um, I would recommend uh, listening to some things that have come out from some governors, um, Mike DeWine uh, of Ohio being one, and North Dakota uh, Governor Doug Burgum. Um, just really, really good, powerful sort of leadership type uh, speeches talking about how we need to really be thinking about this as a community, not thinking about it as anything political, which uh, which I really do appreciate. I mean, I think Bergman said like, look, if somebody's wearing a mask, it's not because they're voting for somebody or because they're in a political party. It's because maybe they're trying to protect you or protect somebody else. So just dial up your empathy and your understanding, um, which I thought was was really was really great. Um, and I, I, I appreciate I the attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's going on here? Let's talk about Illinois, because I, yes. I, I know he's kind of thinking about whether or not our trips to the beach this weekend are just the start of the summer, or are they going to yeah. lead to yeah. more locks, lockdowns? So uh, we are apparently on the verge of going into phase three. Everything's still looking to be on track. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I appreciate about the way that they're doing this is they're being very specific about here are the metrics that we have to follow. Um, and if we hit those metrics, everything opens. If the metrics start fading, we'll have to close things back up. And yep. so there's a good system to this. Um, and one of the things that adds a little bit more to my faith in all of this is that we actually have the most tests per capita in the country right now. So 
we're we're not just like making up numbers. We're tracking good numbers. We're we're trying to make sure that a lot of people are getting tested. And and one of the goals that we have is that to getting to the point that if anybody wants a test at any point, you know, like you know, you you think about this in a normal circumstances. You know, I've got a little bit of a sore throat. I go to the doctor and they test me for strep. Like you know, very normal. Like that's the same thing you should be having with COVID. If you're not feeling you feel a little off, get your test and it should be good. Um, and so with all the testing and we have all these metrics to say, you know, if we get to certain numbers um, or is a positivity rate is the biggest metric I've been seeing, which is, uh, you know, the number of tests that come back positive. And so 20% is that threshold to say, if you're over 20%, like you have to be in phase two. If you're under 20% and you're continuing to head the right direction, then we can be in phase three. And, and do you know if we're counting antibody tests and you know, calling back? Okay. We are so not. These are just the live virus. Just the live virus tests, correct. Um, and so uh, one of the things that's changed a little bit, um, there was the original plan was phase three, you can like go out and circulate amongst a small, like they're saying groups of 10 or less. Uh, you could go to a hair salon. I know that's a, that's a need you have, but I don't. That's why I'm wearing um, headphones. My headset, not go. the normal thing, because it would be my hair is like Robert <laughs> Plant big keep right it now. Under control. I don't. Um, I don't have a wide enough lens to, right. to hold all my hair in. Uh, you should just get like a virtual backdrop of just nothing but hair. <laughs> would not be virtual. So uh, yeah. So um, one of the things that they've added is restaurants are going to be allowed to open during phase three, which was not originally committed but it's very restrictive. So you can open your restaurant, but you can only do outdoor service and everybody has to be six feet apart. And particular to Chicago, this is important. You have to be six feet away from the sidewalk. So people should be able to walk through without encountering people who are dining. And so that would affect a lot of the outdoor dining space in Chicago. Um, there is talk in about maybe closing down some streets in Chicago yeah. to kind of create pedestrian districts where they could have more outdoor dining, um, you know, and there's, you know, like I, I Andersonville was mentioned specifically. Lincoln um, Square. Yeah, Lincoln Square would be an obvious target. Yeah. Um, and, and they're talking about doing that in some suburbs too, Naperville. Yeah. Uh, you know, some suburbs that have, you know, sort of downtown-ish areas. Yep. And, I, and let me let me say for the record, I love that idea. I oh, love yeah, yeah. that idea so much. It's worked really well in Europe. In, in some cities in Europe, they've done that. I think it's yeah, it's, and I think like, like here's here, when I hear that, I'm like, I'm not sure I'm up for that at this point. Like, I like it feels risky still to me, but like, mm -hmm. I like the notion of them starting down that path and and saying, okay, let's 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 put this out there. Let's see how this works. Um, and I think as long as it's enforced, I think yeah. it'll be good. Um, what what you know what I've seen from some other states is. They say, okay, you guys can open up and here's the restrictions. And then a bunch of places are just totally ignoring the restrictions. And there's not been any obvious consequence. Now, I don't follow the news locally, so maybe there was. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've heard people talking about trying different restaurants and seeing that some were following the rules, some weren't. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's now part of phase three. Phase four would then allow, um, I believe, indoor service with the same six foot rules in place. Um, it's still going to be hard for the restaurant business um, oh, yeah. just because like most of them are pretty thin 
uh, in terms of like their overall, you know, like they've got thin margins to begin with. And then right. you're saying we can only serve, you know, a quarter of the customers we normally serve. Right. Um, and but, how many people do you need to have at the restaurant to service those? Because right. it may not be, you know, it may be more profitable to run things now with no service. Yeah. Would be yeah. I mean, it may be better. Yeah. You may be better off just saying now what one of the things that's an interesting factor in this is um, because the way our, our uh, minimum wage laws work is a lot of restaurants, they don't pay as much and they expect people to make up for that in tips. So the, the extra cost they have of bringing somebody back may not be that much because yep. they're, you know, more working for tips, but um, who knows? It's a different it, problem, but yeah. 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 Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. So I'm hopeful that we're going to get to phase three. Um, one thing I should note is that uh, Lightfoot has uh, said that we're not ready to open up restaurants yet in Chicago. Um, and she hasn't made clear what her concerns are. Um, so we'll see if like, you know, maybe they want to have some rules, but we're, so we're probably going to be a couple weeks behind here in Chicago to get that sort of figured out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I would love to go to like, you know what, actually like, here's an exact thing I want to do. Go to off color because mm -hmm. they have that like outdoor, yeah, like, at the it's still trap. like bench seating. So it's like, eh, I don't know how that works, but I mean, I was thinking like, what phase do we have to be in for us to record live again? Yes. I, have I to be sitting at like opposite ends of the table. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we'd have, the problem is I would feel the need to spend so much money if we were going to take the table for our typical session time. Oh yeah. That by the time we got to the end, I would be hammered. <laughs> and and so you're be, saying we absolutely should do this is what I'm Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just like uh, and Second then I got it. Then I've got to get home somehow, and like I don't, I don't know how that's gonna work. So yeah, um, I, I'm looking forward to I'm I'm looking forward to the restaurants being able to open up. Uh, yeah, obviously they all are too, um, and I hope that people can continue to be patient and compassionate and you know understanding that it's it's not gonna be perfect for a while. Um, Although I, one thing that I did see is that it's legal for restaurants to sell to-go cocktails, and I love this idea. I saw it actually. Yeah. At first, I, like Cinco de Mayo, right? People were selling their margarita kits. Well, so yeah. So this is the thing. Like they've been able to sell kits, and so the kit is basically here's a giant bottle of booze that's like a sealed bottle, Go and on. then here's our mixers, or you know, so here's some limes, here's some. Don't know what mix. that's for. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the difference now would be that they can actually have like a prefabricated cocktail so like here is your manhattan rather than selling you here is a bottle of bourbon here's a bottle of uh vermouth and and a, and, a, and a jar of cherries like so I could um, just like i could just like walk i like you know i've got my mask on i've ordered it ahead of time i like rock up and is it gonna be like re honor system on the glass like a nice rocks glass right like manhattan and i just like I'm supposed to now take. I'm it just going to walk around the block, and I'll bring this right back. Yeah, exactly. Um, it reminds me of the the Lagavulin commercial with, uh, with Nick Offerman, where he's like, tastes the drink, and he's like, this is not Lagavulin, and he takes it all the way to Scotland to prove it, and he's like, just carrying it around everywhere, <laughs> puts it through the X-ray scanner at the airport. Yes. You know, I. Okay. 
I'm, I'm, hey, I'm here for that. Yeah, I mean, and I think about like there's a there's some good cocktail bars um, that they don't have any food service that I really enjoy, right. and they've been totally shut down because they can't. There's no legal way for them to serve, and so I like the notion that this would allow things to open up for them. The one catch, though, is that it still does not allow for delivery via like Grubhub and caviar and all those sort of online services. So they can do allow that. I would start. I would start delivering for Grubhub. Like, right. It's going to cost you half an ounce. Thanks. Right. Well, it's weird, though, because it's like, OK, so you can't deliver that via Grubhub, but they can deliver me an entire bottle of whiskey. Like, that's totally fine. But an individual cocktail, not OK. Huh. So I don't know. It, it's weird. But, you know, I'm glad we're starting to make some progress to kind of help them to open up. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's a that's like one of those things where it'd be a nice, it's a relatively safe operation. It's like. You got a couple bartenders who are making cocktails and just doing that pickup from the from a window or whatever. Um, yeah. So that'd be, you know, I mean, honestly, it would be no different than the Starbucks. It would right, just yeah. get you drunk instead of get you buzzed I, yeah. by what is. So that's that's going to be my commitment to you. The next time that we cast together, I will have a takeout cocktail from one of the local places. Okay. Maybe Bouquet that's on uh, that's on Kedzi. Um, they make some good stuff. I'll There's see nothing immediately out. around me that like does like I know like the cocktail bar I really want to reopen is uh, Victor Bar. I don't know if you've ever been there. Mm, it's I on. It's off of Irving and Damon. It's like Irving Lincoln Damon, and it's on right Damon. Up. And it's it is excellent cocktails, and they've got a really nice atmosphere there. Obviously, can't get the atmosphere to go, but uh, you know I could totally see how it actually. I could see like. Just go for a walk over there, grab a cocktail to take home with me, you know. Oh, it's just, you know, I mean, have my thermos of, of Manhattan or whatever. It's like college, like a school totally, bottle. Totally. Like it's it's just it's just Gatorade, sir. Yeah. We're all or or like Louisiana still is, right? Like we're we're all New Orleans now. I don't understand why we don't allow that. Like I really just don't. Like New Orleans is just fine. Las Vegas is just fine. Just Come fine. On. Savannah. I, when I, uh, a quick, a quick alcohol-related side note. Uh, when I was in college, I used to go to New Orleans every year for New Year's. Um, I, I worked down there, um, not on Bourbon Street or anything like that. Something unrelated, related to the Sugar Bowl. And the first time I was down there, I was there with people who had been there before, and. You know, we go and we work our, our job and then we're coming back to the hotel we were staying at. The guy's like, you guys want to stop from, you know, for a, you know, a frozen drink. And I was like, oh, all right. You know, and I'm like, what are we getting? Like daiquiris, margaritas is like, oh, no, it's like a it's a drive through daiquiri place. I'm like, what do you mean drive through daiquiri place? Like, oh, yeah, you just kind of rock up and they've got the menu like Dairy Queen and you just order your daiquiris and we'll order four daiquiris and they'll give them to us and like, we'll drive away. And I'm like, that's, that is strange to me. And I'm yes. like, what about open intox laws? like, well, everybody except the driver, it's fine. I'm like, but they're going to give us four and there are four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they won't put the straw in mine. So that's <laughs> completely reasonable. Oh, I mean, you know, and the thing of it is, is like that if you go and like do some digging into like the, the source of these open container laws or whatever it was basically just a way to like like there'd be like some protest or you know some trouble that was then sort of 
exaggerated somewhat by somebody being drunk or whatever, and so they like use that as an excuse to crack down on things. Like it's it should be fine. Um, but still, hey, we're we're one step closer to that. We'll have walk through. We'll have walk through cocktail pickup. I mean, I'm 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 here for that. I am I, absolutely I, here I for am, that. I would so be down for that. Maybe we'll do like a like we'll get. We'll go do like walk through cocktails and we'll get our phones and do like a like a zoom via phone or whatever and we'll just like do sort of a, we'll do it like we're in west wing because we'll be like walking and and you know granted to be you know a little more vomit inducing because the phone going like this but right and we'll have to do we'll have to really talk like this very clipped conversation yes yes right. much much faster <laughs> until we start drinking enough and then it'll slow yeah that'll down. Sl that'll <laughs> slow it down so you can see what everything that we're excited about is the is the opening up in different ways. Um, less exciting on the national front, and I think we just need to talk about this, is John Ratcliffe has been approved by the Senate as Trump's new director of national intelligence, which was a job that was, if you recall, was created after 9-11 because people realized that none of the organizations in the government who were really doing the same job or talking to one another seemed like a good idea at the time um it has gone unfilled for eight months seven months something like that it's been a while yeah there's yeah. it's one another one of those acting appointee kind of jobs yeah. so he's now approved and john Reckliffe has absolutely no credentials whatsoever he used to be a prosecutor in texas he was a representative in texas um you know, he, his website and sort of his, you know, his bona fides talked about all these things, you know, that were vaguely national security related, if you think immigration is national security related, but they were mostly made up or heavily inflated and they've taken them all down because it's like, there are people are like, that's all BS. And he's like, I'll just take it off my, my website. But he yeah. had the one credential that mattered most, which was his head was so far up Donald Trump's ass. Uh, you know, yes. I mean, and that, that, that's really all that matters now. If you want to get appointed to something, you know, just, just suck up, you know, be willing to go on TV and say whatever to make it look like Trump's a great guy. Um, you, you need no credentials. You can be completely incompetent. Um, yeah. I was trying to get to our comments. Okay, so I'm having a little glitch here. Little feedback, little feedback. Yeah, from so us. what I've been trying to do, so here, yeah, in the background, uh, I've been trying to get comments on our Facebook post, and I see on Facebook seven comments, but only four of them show up. And so I was trying to bring it up on my phone, and it started playing the, the live I version see. of this, which is not playing fun. us. It's, yes. it's like space balls. I tried to be I'm sneaky, and now. it failed. Uh, yes, it's, it is now now. <laughs> Soon. Now, now? Soon. <laughs> yeah, it goes right to video. So, um, I above all of the things that I, I worry about, it is the abject dumbing down of the leadership positions that are appointed by the president. Um, and I, I care less about, I think, dogma than I do about competence. You know, there are plenty of people who 
make decisions that I don't necessarily like, you know, who are appointed by Obama, but, but at least they were competent. And I, I had some confidence that what they were doing was based on some evidence or, you know, based on a thought process that went beyond not, you know, not avoiding the president. Yeah. Like that's, we are in this situation and, you know, situation writ large and also with COVID that you see the abhorrence to bad news as the key, the key part of our information flow through decision-making processes at the highest echelons of government being a huge detriment to us. And I hope other people recognize that eventually like, Hey, this is, you know, it's not just that we're making bad decisions. We're making bad decisions because we're afraid to give the right, the, the full information to the people who are supposed to make those decisions yeah. or they can't make sense of it because they're not qualified. Yep. 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 Yeah. And, uh, my favorite part of, of, Radcliffe is his QAnon credentials. Uh, apparently, he's uh, connected to a few Twitter accounts that are QAnon conspiracy sources. Um, I know very little about QAnon, except it's sort of a weird culty thing that thinks Trump is a savior. And like, if you're if you're a a religious Christian and, and buy into the end times and like the Antichrist and all that sort of stuff. Like, like a lot of this stuff, I feel like, like if Trump was the Antichrist, like all this QAnon shit fits in perfectly into that narrative. But um, yeah, it's it's just weird. Um, Not weird in a good way. Not no, weird in a good way. no, weird in a culty, dangerous way. And, and the guy who would be drinking the Kool-Aid has nuclear weapons, so. And which, by the way, he recently that we were talking about testing them, right? We wanted to test. Oh, he wants to test nukes. those. I mean, yeah, yeah. fuck testing Remember, people with COVID. We want to yeah. test nukes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our testing numbers are way up. We got the COVID test. We got my new super duper missile. Um, right? Is that what you called it? The super duper fast that sound, missile? That, that sounds right. I, I mean, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know, but that sounds like him. So I'm willing to believe that's true. All right, let's it, talk about it beer. It tremendous, I'm sure. Yes. Let's, let's get back to beer. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm getting to the end of this beer. Um, also, I, I want to point out, um, this is the can it came in. So you can see here. Uh, I'm so <laughs> what printers what are, are shut down. Well, so what happened was I think that like uh, a lot of their business is kegs for, for restaurants and then, yeah. you know, locally. And so what I think it is, is that this is one of the things where they don't normally put it in cans. So they just, you know, took their keg supply, put it into a blank can and slapped the label on it. And so there you go. I, I love it. I wish it just said beer. Beer. <laughs> I don't... In, indeterminate beer. I'm, I'm all for that. Look, you know, sometimes you just have to take a risk. That's right. And I'll take that risk. I will take that risk. Might be an IPA. Might My... be a fruit beer. Hard to say. So I, I've got to say, it's gotten a little warmer. So I've been sort of messing around with the, the easier drinking beers. Um, yeah. Like I said, I've got the Lagunitas Daytime, which is which is really nice. Um, I wouldn't say it's the, the the best beer I've ever had, but it's certainly yeah. a, a nice drinkable drinkable IPA. 
I've had this, uh, it's not from here, but Boulevard Brewing. It's got a really nice, easy, easy drinking one. Super, super good. Uh, there is a Bell's, uh, there's a Bell's Session Ale now uh, that I, I got to try. It, it's not, uh, it's not their best beer ever, but again, it's, it doesn't taste like a lager. Although I have switched to uh, to some lagers now too, so yeah. I think we talked before about the the stone. Um, the stone has got some really tasty kind of Mexican lager out now. Uh, Cerveza uh, Buena Vesa, that's what it's called, Buena Vesa. Um, and these are all just kind of nice, easy to drink beers. And yeah. believe it or not, I just had a cider yesterday, so I'm kind of keeping it. It in that is area. truly the end times. It is. It is. I would stay away from the uh, the Goose Island so low, though. That one was not good. I was yeah. I was less than impressed by the okay. so low. Yeah, and I've been like going from like basically we will go for our supply of beer, and as we start to get near our end of what sort of current, we'll go to another brewery and and get a an order of beer from them. So we started yeah. off with um, Empirical. Mm-hmm. Um, we did an order from uh, uh, Twisted Hippo. We got some Plum Pass, uh, which is I do like. Um, this obviously this batch was from Dovetail. Um, I think our next one is going to be Off Color because uh, that's another one of our favorites. And actually, when we started the lockdown, we went to the local liquor store and I bought a bunch of uh, four packs of Off Color from them. And so. Um, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try some pilsners next. I think that's gonna be my next. Like, I'm gonna like try to find. I feel a like bunch that's of- right in your alley because that's like the lager, but a little hoppier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking for uh, pilsner suggestions. So if you've got pilsner suggestions, pass anybody on. on our feed has some. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's I, you know, beer wise, and and I guess we should just kind of talk. As far as I know. None of the breweries that we typically follow or have talked about, um, and I haven't been able to find anything about it, have have closed yet. So the breweries are still yeah, kind of hanging in still there. Okay, yeah. You yeah. know, and it's you know we've, we're only a couple months into this, um, but you know, hopefully they're they're still hanging in there. Um, yeah. You know, I think a lot of it depends on like how how dependent they are on like tap room and restaurant sales. I yeah. think that probably makes a difference. Like. Um, one brewery I haven't thought about until like just now is uh, Old Irving, because um, they don't really have any distribution that I'm aware of. So I think they're probably going to be more dependent on just you know people buying from them. Directly. So I, I will say though that um, they are somewhat, and they've you know their food business is a big part of what they do. But um, I have in the last couple of weeks seen their beers at a few different liquor stores. So oh, okay, good. Um, yeah, so we I, actually uh, my wife picked some up. Um, last week when she was out, I was like, oh, this is great. Um, so mm-hmm. I was happy to, I, I was happy to see the OIB, um, uh, being able to distribute a little further. And of course the distribution in, in Illinois is all Illinois up anyway, uh, which well, makes it harder. Yeah. But, uh, so, Hey, everybody do what you can. Uh, th- you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, sort of organizing little groups of let's, you know, somebody take an order and and go buy beer for everybody uh because that feels like a good way to a good way to get it done. uh melissa is saying that three floyds closed 
Oh, so the brew pub at Three Floyds is closed indefinitely. Um, okay, okay. So, so they're just, okay. But you can yeah. still, the beer is still out there. The beer is still out there. So the interesting thing about that, I don't know if you, have you ever been to the brew pub? I have. Okay. So, yes, in I mean, fact, when we were, here, here's how I got there. Um, when we were planning our wedding, um, the <laughs> Perfect. The D, yeah, the DJ for our wedding, as part of the agreement, was that we had to go out to see them at their office out, and they they live just over the border in Indiana, and so like okay, we go out there to have our meeting with them, and the Three Floyds Pub is right there, so it was like oh well cool, we'll go have a beer or two, and then we'll go talk to our DJ. So nice, there you go. Yeah, I mean it, it's a small place. Um, when I read that, I was like, yeah, I don't know how they would be able to reopen. Um, there's no outside seating. It's in an industrial park, right? It's yeah, in, like that is very much a you are going to go out of your way to travel to it. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I it makes sense. Hopefully they'll be able to open it again in the future, or maybe, you know, what I'd really love to see is that they have tap rooms. Hint. hint. Uh, you know, I'm just looking. Uh, yes. So Dark Lord Day got postponed, of course. Uh, if you do, if if none of you are familiar, uh, Dark Lord Day is a thing Three Floyds does for their release of their Dark Lord beer, which is stupidly good. It's like this over the top yeah. stout, like very very strong and boozy. And um, the way they release it is they'll have a big festival, and at that festival, like you you your entry ticket is basically a lottery ticket to maybe get the chance to buy some some uh, Dark yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah, and and so you could go to this festival and like have music and whatever, and it's pretty cool. I've I personally have never been there, and I really should fix that. Um, and it's metal, right? So, like those guys are big metalheads. Um, so yeah, a lot of metals right. played. It's it's supposed to be a blast. Um, I almost went once, um, but I haven't I, I haven't made it either. Yeah, sorry to say, sorry to say. One of the problems. But we'll have to fix like, this at some point. Much. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. most of my most of my thinking is like getting there sounds great. Getting back sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I gotta like figure out an Uber strategy or something like that. I, it's multiple hops, pun intended. Yes. Um there yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see when it comes back. Hopefully they'll be able to have it again. Um, maybe we can figure out a way to to do it. Um also in the sort of national beer news, which is important. Um, Russian River Brewery, makers of Pliny the Elder, oh yes, has announced that you all you'll be able to buy Pliny the Elder by mail. Hmm. Okay. So that's something. Hopefully, hopefully, it won't get shooken up too much in transit. Uh, I I mean, so I'm gonna give that a shot. I will let you know if it's. If it's possible to do, I mean, I, I can only imagine that's going to be insane uh, oh, yeah. to try to get it. Uh, but it's it's really, really good stuff. I don't know. Have you had Pliny the Elder before? I feel like I have. I know the name for sure. Mostly because it's just a really cool name. But let, let's, let, well, let me consult Untapped because that's yeah. how I would know. I, I mean, Pliny the Elder is... It's like... I mean, it's a double IPA. Um, I, people go out of their way to get it. I know of a few places in San Francisco that have it. I have and not. Like, and, it, and it is a double IPA, which is in that weird category of IPAs, like I'm not usually a fan of, but double IPAs I can usually deal with because they're a little maltier. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, but I will tell you that it's uh, uh, $160 to get uh, two dozen 16 ounce, ounce cans. So I'll have to look into it. I haven't done a lot of, uh, I haven't done a lot of looking yet. It could be like a California only thing would be a bummer. I wonder if I can get a mailbox forwarding thing. I don't know. I don't know. I got to figure it out. Pliny's, Pliny's great stuff. But let's move on from the beer and talk a little bit about the circus and international before we, we wrap up. Election Circus 2020. Because there's been some news on the, on the 2020 front. Yes, Mostly yes. Mostly around, you know, I, you know, and I, I, I honestly hate to talk about this, but, um, you know, Tara Reid. Yeah, the, it's, I mean, there's, yeah, it's been an evolving thing. And so I think it's worth talking about since we brought it up before and kind of get yeah. sort of like where things are at now. Um, yeah, so I don't know if you want, okay. basic, yeah. So uh, the background is Tara Reid, who used to work for Biden many, many years ago, um, had accused him of sexual assault uh, recently. Um, and there's been information that's come out that's, you know, questions her credibility in a few ways, um, which, of course, in these situations is usually the way that one sort of attacks somebody if, if yeah. uh, they're, they're making an accusation against you. Um, so it's always, like, difficult to deal with these because you want to sort of have a balance of, like, you want to default to believing the woman because that's not what we have historically done. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that are a little iffy about her accusation. So it, it is really a it's super it's super sticky and messy and bad as yeah. as all of them are. Right. And I, you know, I, I there's been some really good reporting from PBS, um, from uh, the New York Times, you know, kind of looking for other people, trying to find patterns of behavior, talking to Biden's staffers. You know, I think PBS interviewed 75, 80 people yeah. um, who have worked in the Biden office for a long time. I'm trying to find corroborating evidence, trying to find contradictory evidence. Um, yeah, they've also done course, interviews with like people who have uh, had personal connections to Tara Reid, and yes. there's a long list of of problems they've had with her being deceitful with them, et cetera. It's just like, I, I mean, one of the stories though, I was just like, if I were, so it's a, like a woman who owned a horse farm and Tara Reed was renting a yurt in her yard. And I, you know, and you're reading it and you're just like, first of all, it was like the most Northern California story I've ever read. Like I, I just, <laughs> um, and I, I, I really just, didn't want to listen to the other person either. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know that this is really relevant. Um, I, I, you know, the, the really interesting thing that I saw recently, you know, this week is that Tara Reid was a, an expert witness in several, several cases uh, in California where, you know, she, she testified about domestic abuse and uh, part of her credentials were things like her where she went to school and 
that she taught at places and it turned out some of those credentials were were incorrect and so now there are cases in california that are potentially going to be overturned or maybe there's going to be a new you know a new trial because of it you're just like and and again i look at it and say do these two things have anything to do with each other yeah no right no they don't they don't like but are we getting you know is what we're seeing the right thing because at least for the pbs stuff you know we're looking at we're doing real investigation investigative journalism knowing that we're never going to get to the truth and maybe that's always the problem we're never going to get to the truth well yeah and i think that's the thing that's that's challenging about this is because we we there's a recognition that we can't it's hard to deal with these kinds of things in a court of law because you're talking about two people in a situation where there's not necessarily other witnesses and there's power dynamics and there's gender dynamics and it's and it's and it's hard to get to what is the actual truth of the matter yeah and so and historically it's like we we we've tended to default to trusting that the guy did not do what was claimed which is wrong and now we've gone you know we're so we're pulling back away from that but it's like now it's just like i feel like this is this is a situation where it's like if we had other accusers i'd be a little more inclined to like continue to sort of like let's listen to this and see where this is going um and i think that in terms of like we're talking about a presidential campaign we're talking about would it i feel like there's a there's a level of evidence that we need to have to justify saying we're going to kind of blow up this election and because otherwise any person can say uh i accuse them of whatever yeah. and 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 we have to just go with that and i think that that's we need to have a little bit higher bar for the situation we're in. um that said it doesn't mean it's not going to have political ramifications no matter sure. how it plays Sure. Um, certainly some people will believe it. Some people will not believe it. There will be arguments about it, um, you know, and that will be a factor in the election. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that the biggest, I think the biggest factor in how, say, Trump will use this or the Trump campaign will use this will be to try to get people to not vote. I heard somebody say oh, yeah. the, the other day, you know, it's much easier to get people who might support your opponent to stay home than it is to get them to support you. Certainly, um, <clears throat> certainly in our current political climate where it's like very polarized, it's it's like getting somebody to switch sides is very hard. But getting them to just be like, ah, I just can't vote for this guy is a lot easier. Yeah. You know, and truth be told, we see that on both sides of this election is, you know, you've got the, the never Trumpers. Um, you've got the, um, you know, and then you've got people who are, you know, perhaps Sanders supporters, various other sort of factions who are like, ah, I don't really like this Biden guy. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, it's just getting them to say, I don't, you know, it's not really that important. Don't show up. Right. Um, I think to our advantage in this election is that Trump has been so obviously bad that a lot of people who last time were willing to show up and vote and, you know, leave it blank for Clinton not necessarily going to be so inclined to do that this time um yeah that's my that that's that's what allows me to uh not make my travel plans to uh, new zealand quite yet although 
God damn, that sounds really good right now. <laughs> four day work week. Um, four day so, work week. They've got COVID under control. And, and, I, and I was, I went to New Zealand last year. So like I've been getting emails from restaurants that I went to when I was in New Zealand, like saying, hey, we're open now. Come on in. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, that sounds so good. <laughs> so who do you think Biden is going to pick as his running mate? Uh, this, I think this is very tightly related to. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I think it. I, I come down to either Stacey Abrams or Elizabeth. The whole talk of Klobuchar, I think, is let's just put it this way. Yeah. If, if if he picks Klobuchar, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I mean, I, I, first of all, I will say that it's been really great that, you know, generally speaking, we are talking about not if there will be a woman on the ticket, but which one. Um, and oh, yeah, no, yeah, it's not going to be a it's not going to be a guy. That's not and we are choosing from a really amazing collection of 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 super qualified watch it turns out it's like a, it's an old white guy <laughs> like biden's like you know what i thought i'd just go with you know but i i can't even think of an old white guy that he would possibly pick. uh sherrod brown is the only oh. one i'm like okay this actually sort of i can see but ooh. and then you're getting taken away a senate seat that's in democratic control it'll easily go to republic like no that's stupid but that's like the only one oh god that would that would book me a ticket to New Zealand. Um, yeah, I think I would be really excited if it were Elizabeth Warren. I would be, as I've said before, I, I Stacey Abrams can do whatever she wants in my oh, book. Yeah. Uh, if she wants to be vice president, great. Let me know. I'll you know I'll support her a hundred percent. She can I think, but she should be writing her own ticket. Um, you know she's brilliant and amazing and. Um, I don't want her to get stuck as vice president um, because yeah. I don't think, you know, if Biden really only, if he wins and he really sticks to his, I'm going to be a one-term president thing, uh, which I, I don't, I don't like that idea, but. Um, well, and he hasn't really taught, like that was one thing he, he hasn't really actively talked about that in a while. So who knows? I, I don't think Abrams would win in four years. I think that that would be, that would be a, a stretch yeah. um maybe maybe and it would be amazing if she she could I, I but i um and and maybe i've got other sort of just you know I, i've got other biases that are ingrained from years of you know candidates have to have a certain amount of time and they should be you know in certain positions and they, they should have a certain level of experience before they can be president i i don't know but um yeah but the we'll campaign see. strategy for for Biden recently has been just, you know, be pretty low profile. Let Trump be an idiot. Occasionally, well, occasionally. So, so he went on that uh, was uh, the Breakfast Club show, which I'm not going to get into that. Like it was just. I mean, I. So, I mean, we we should say it. He said, you know, at the end of the interview, the interview which had gone fine. Um, with Charlemagne the Great, right? It's a nationally syndicated. Charlemagne the God. The God, sorry. Yes. Um, you know, it's a nationally syndicated radio show, and it's yeah. It, it, it's um, he. Uh, the interview had gone pretty well, and then it was some back and forth at the end, and Charlemagne is pushing him on things like, 
you know, if, if you want us to support you, if you, we got, you know, the African-American community got you really the nomination because you were dead before the, you know, South Carolina. If you want us to support you, you know, who's your running mate going to be, you know, what are you going to do back for, what are you going to do for our community? And Biden started to get defensive and then said, like, if you're trying to decide if you're for me or, or Trump, you ain't black. Like, I am sure. So right before that, whoever was with him, his handler, who's probably been fired, was trying to end the conversation. <laughs> Although apparently, because, like, yeah. his handlers had tried to, like, dissuade him from going on that show in the first place. They knew the guy was going to press him a bit. And they were trying to send a, a surrogate to go on the show. And and so that didn't, so they ended up, ended up going. And like, I don't really, I don't really want to say too much about it. I mean, I think it's, you know, I, 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 I want to recognize that, that black voters are, generally speaking, very loyal to the Democratic Party and have shown up year in, year out and have gotten, they have got not gotten what they should out of democratic politics and so i i hope that a lot of them show up in uh in this election to get rid of trump i i hope that you know biden respects what they have done for him because basically he would not be in this election right now were it not for black voters in south carolina changing the dynamics of it and so for sure you know so i hope that that all that all works as it should um, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Now on the flip side to him making that, you know, saying something really stupid on the show, um, he showed up at a, a cemetery for Memorial day in, yes. in a mask. <laughs> I mean, I, I really liked your description of him, which is, which was perfect. Ninja Biden. Yeah. Now, actually, a friend of mine posted that he looks like a ninja, and I'm like, that is totally what is going on here. Uh, you know, what? I'm actually going to try to share this. Let's let's see if we can do that. Uh, eh, eh, eh. I'll screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. But stuff uh, I highly recommend just Google Biden mask. Uh, maybe Memorial Day in there. But it's like it's a black mask, and he's wearing a black suit because you know, I mean, it's Memorial Day. It's you know, you're honoring the dead um and he looks kind of badass i'm not gonna lie i mean it was good to see him out there you know they are definitely keeping a tight handle on him uh for good reason and this was a clear opportunity for him to look compassionate and look like a leader um and that was i think they they did a good job with that um Internationally, there are two things I want to I want to bring up just quickly because I think we all need to keep an eye on them and, and keep aware of them. So one is Hong Kong. So yeah. recently, the uh, the sort of People's Congress in China passed a law that said essentially, you know, it's it's these laws that affect Hong Kong auspiciously to allow china to control things like sedition and outside influence but everybody views them as just being able to get rid of the one country two systems approach to things right um, and the protests are coming back and we'll see how much they come back with with the pandemic although hong kong has done done better um but the protests are come coming back and i think we we have to keep them keep thinking about them uh and keep that in the the public conscience uh it, 
in public conscious brother it's hard for us because we've got our own stuff going on well um, yeah and i think it's like it, and if i you know if you're in the position of wanting to kind of crack down and, and shift things like now would be the time to do it because the world is distracted by other things yeah that's that's from steve's playbook for authoritarian governments <laughs> use a pandemic as read a more at steve's a dictator.com <laughs> yeah exactly uh home despot.com so uh, the other the other place is Israel, and you know I've been having a lot of fun with their I don't know 47 elections in the last six months. Um, but uh, the update from the last one was that you know even though there was no clear winner, the coalition government has Netanyahu at its head. So he is the prime minister. He has also gone on trial now. So the trial started um, this week for Netanyahu on corruption, uh, something his wife has already been convicted of. Um, so that's fun. And he's also sort of said, hey, we're going to annex parts of the West Bank as soon as July. Um, that was sort of to, you know, rev up his base. Although there's some uh, some bipartisan agreement in Israel around that. Uh, but that's, you know, him saying that he's going to do that is partly because the Kushner peace plan that one side was not involved with at all was like, yeah, absolutely. Take it. Yeah. Take it. Don't worry about it. And uh, Mahmoud Abbas uh, has, you know, sort of Palestinian authority leader has said, like, look, we're, we're going to leave the peace, any peace deal. There's no reason for us to participate in these things. Yeah. Um, if you're just going to trample over uh, everything. Um, so that's uh, Israel's, a, you know, a shocking, but the situation in the Middle East is a little unsettled. Um, <laughs> and that's without like factoring coronavirus. And yeah, stuff. yeah, exactly. So I think something to keep an eye on. I, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by Israeli politics, but I am. Well, I just like that, like we've given updates. I feel like I feel like we've given an update in multiple episodes at this point that are all like Bibi's going to jail. And yet yeah. somehow it's like it's still like, well, not quite yet. Nope, nope, still going like. How is he not in jail yet? I, I, look, the, the whole legal process took a long time. So, yeah, you know, I mean, the indictment took over a year, and that was because he was prime minister. Oh, and he said, oh they can indict, indict there. That's cool. I, I wish yeah. we had that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All we'll right, get indictments back just uh, just after we get Trump uh, out of there. Yeah, you think? Um, oh man, I can't wait to talk about. Uh, the State Department the next time we talk, and the Inspectors General. Oh, boy. But we'll save that for another episode. Sounds good. Everybody stay safe. Stay six yeah. feet apart. Wear a mask. And enjoy your local brewery. Yes, and you can pull down the mask to have a beer. Just stay six feet away from people when you do it. That's what we're saying. Exactly. Yes. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. My glass is empty, but cheers nonetheless. Cheers nonetheless. <laughs>